Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Sunday, December the 17th, 2023. It is currently 3.56 p.m. Central Time, and I am coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. So it's Sunday, December the 17th. Before we know it, it's going to be Christmas Day. So I want you to take a minute and I want you to think about it. What is your church doing to celebrate Christmas? Have they already done something? Have they put on some type of performance? Are they doing some kind of Christmas pageant? What are they doing to celebrate Christmas? Will you be open on Christmas Day or will all the doors be locked and all the lights turned off? What will, will you be canceling any services to celebrate the birth of Christ? Will you be increasing the number of services where there'll be more singing, less singing, more preaching, less preaching, more teaching, less teaching? What will your church be doing to celebrate Christmas? Now, I want you to really think about this. When you look at what your church is doing, when you look at what they're doing to celebrate Christmas, is it consistent with the regulative principle or the normative principle? Now, the regulative, the regulative principle, and we talk about these principles all the time. Regulative principle, think of it regulates what the church does, and the church can only do what is clearly given in Scripture. You have to either have a clear example or a clear command of it. Other than that, you everything else is prohibited. Everything else is forbidden. You can only do what the Scriptures tell you to do or clearly give you an example of. So that that regulates, that limits greatly what you can do as a church. Now, when you look at what your church is doing, is it in agreement with the regulative principle or is it violating the regulative principle? Now, in many cases, churches will say, we hold to the regulative principle of worship. And then you look at what they're doing around Christmas time and you're like, I, I don't know if that's the regulative principle. Now, the normative principle means you can do anything that is not specifically prohibited or forbidden. So unless the scripture clearly prohibits or forbids or condemns something, you're basically free to do whatever you want. Now, a lot of people who hold to the regulative principle condemn people who use the normative principle, but then the regulative principle people will violate the regulative principle all kinds of different ways. But what they really mean is we hold to the regulative principle when we don't like what churches do, but whenever we want to do something, we kind of turn our head and not look at the regulative principle. I don't know if anyone really has a consistent principle on what they do and don't do, but it's Christmas time and churches start pulling out all kinds of things. They start I think it was yesterday, I was looking at the Sermons 2.0 app, and I was looking at all the webcast, and there was all these churches doing, like there was, you know, uh, doing like a Christmas pageant, and they were singing some song about Jesus as a man and a woman stood there, obviously supposed to be Mary and Joseph holding a little baby, and oh, it was so touching, it was Hallmark-like, right? Someone else, they were doing some kind of like a play, some kind of stage drama. They had a, a set. And so churches are doing everything. We talked about one of the churches that are, that's located about 10 minutes away from me. One of the mega, the mega church here in Abilene, Texas, Beltway Park Church. And they were doing Beltway Park Church proudly presents Christmas at the movies. And they were doing a sermon series based on movies. And of course, it seems clear that they did not have the copyright to be using these movies, which is a whole different issue. But that they were doing that. So what is your church doing? 
Well, here in Texas, <laughs> one church has gone viral with this Christmas has gone vile. <laughs> it's gone viral. It's, it's, it's gotten a lot of attention because of what they do. Now, I know in Texas, look, I know, I know in Texas, we love to say everything is bigger in Texas. We also like to say everything is better in Texas. We also like to claim that Texas is not a state. Texas is a country. In fact, some would say it's the United States of Texas and the rest of you are just kind of like, you know, you're the states of Texas, right? We're not a state. We're the country, right? And some of us would say we prefer to completely secede from the United States of America. Okay. Yes. Texans say a lot of things. There's a lot of pride in the state of Texas. I know I called it a state, so I'm going to be thrown out of the state. Okay, but the country of Texas, there is much pride here for it. And yes, it's often said that things are bigger and better in Texas. Well, a specific church, not too far from where I'm sitting. Okay, in this case, not 10 minutes away. It's about two hours away, maybe two and a half hours away. Well, they put on their Christmas <laughs> I, I don't know. What do we call it? They put on their Christmas something, right? And it, it made me think, is that worship or is it a spectacle? Was that a Christmas worship hour or was it a Christmas spectacle? And should Christmas be a time of worship or should it be a spectacle? Should we be putting on a play, a drama, a musical or should we be worshiping the incarnation of the eternal son of God? Exactly what, sh what should be done? Now, obviously, there's no agreement in the Christian world. There's no agreement. I mean, I know, I know it's shocking, but it's just true. It's, it's frustrating that there's no agreement, but there's no agreement because there's no agreement on the regulative or normative principle. So what do you think? I'm going to tell you what happened. I'm going to read this news article. It's, all, it, it's gone viral. You can find uh, clips on it on TikTok. I haven't done a lot of hunting them down right now because I just saw this a couple of hours ago and thought I'm, I need to talk about it. So, I mean, it's Sunday afternoon. I'll be getting ready to go back to my church in just about an hour or so. So, um, you know, I, I can think about what we did at our church, you know, what, what we did a topical study. We did a topical study. We spent two hours doing a topical study on the idea of rejoice because it's, well, it's a, a Sunday dedicated to rejoicing. Uh, we sang a few hymns that are quote-unquote Christmas-themed hymns, and that was it. I mean, we didn't do anything big, extravagant, special, very small, intimate, because it's a very small group of people, but that's what we did. Now, does that make us better? No, I can't necessarily say that. Other churches, who knows what they put on today? Or what they will put on over the next couple of days. A lot of churches will get together on Christmas Eve for a family candlelight service. And they'll turn down the lights and everyone will be holding candles and they'll sing some, you know, Christmas hymns, maybe some praise choruses. And then maybe they'll read the Christmas story. Maybe they'll have some kids come up on stage and act it out. And then everyone will be like, oh, that was beautiful. And everyone will go home. Others will meet at midnight on Christmas Eve. Everyone's got their own little way. Which one is right? Which one is wrong? The debate will never end. So before I read this, I just want you to realize if you're going to condemn what I'm about to read, you need to know you got to have a basis for your condemnation because this is what I see. When people see churches do certain things, they were like, that's ridiculous. That is a, that's a circus. That's a joke. And I'm like, what are you basing it off of? 
and it, and they will almost kind of pull from their regulative principle to condemn it. And then five seconds later, like, what is your church doing? Oh, we're having a, a church picnic and we are, we have a softball. I'm like, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait, you condemn that church. None of that's the, the regulative principle doesn't tell you or give you any idea that the church should be doing these things. Well, well, I mean, we're not doing anything wrong. So no. So you only hold the regulative principle when you think someone is doing something you perceive is wrong. But everything your church does is right. It's so weird. Like um, my my church in Nebraska, my first the independent fundamental Baptist church, Papillion, Nebraska, they would have been like very regulative principle that there's things you do not do during the worship service. But then when it t- became time for Halloween, the entire sanctuary got turned into, well, there's no other way to put it. It got turned into a big fall festival. And I say, it's the sanctuary. Now, again, now you can say, well, it's not church, but it's the church holding a festival. And there were games and people were dressed as Bible characters. And the whole thing was ridiculous. But if, but if another church would have done something on, say, a Sunday, they would have been like, well, I can't believe a church does that. And it's so, it's so subjective sometimes. So before you condemn this, what would be your basis of condemning it? Now, if you're, if you hold to the regulative principle and you're consistent, then you would be using the regulative principle to condemn it. Just remember, whatever you use to condemn it can be used to condemn you. So are you ready to hear this? Now, I do need my Theology Central detectives to do a little bit of work because when I start giving you this information, we need to find out how much it cost. Now, we may not be able to find out how much they spent to put this on, but I want to know how much they charge for people to get in. As of right now, I do not have that information, but oh, I so want that information. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. Here is the story. It comes to us from msn.com. Headline, Dallas area megachurch faces backlash for opulent Christmas show. Opulent. That's an interesting word for a headline. I don't think I've ever used that word. All right. But Dallas area megachurch faces backlash for their Christmas show. Now, they call it a Christmas show. You, You can tell. Now, I'm looking at, there's a picture of it. I, I mean, the place is, it's a gigantic church. It's gigantic. They got some pictures here that I could look at. All right. Uh, the name of the church is Prestonwood Baptist Church. Prestonwood, P-R-E-S-T-O-N-W-O-O-D. Prestonwood Baptist Church, lavish holiday display, first went viral and drew widespread criticism last year. So they, there was widespread criticism last year. They did not, it did not stop them. They are back and they're bigger and they're better with their Christmas extravaganza, their Christmas show, their I don't know what you call it. I don't know what it is. Now, it looks like there's not an empty place in the building. So obviously the majority of people, I mean, it's a gigantic church. The majority of people are okay with it. Now, that that leaves, and right now I'm not trying to act like a critic or a supporter. I'm just trying to say, how do we criticize this? And before we do it, we need to look at what our churches do, right? But let, let's let's see what happens here. A Texas megachurch is facing online backlash for the second year in a row for its extravagant Christmas mass. Now, right there, 
the, the reporter here, they refer to it as a Christmas mass. It's not a mass, okay, ladies and gentlemen. It's a, it's an evangelical megachurch. They do not have a mass, all right? That's, that's a Catholic term, all right? So, all right, so already the, the uh, oh, if you're going to write about religion, you should have at least a basic understanding of basic theological terms. Okay, but all right. That, so here we go. So the Texas megachurch is facing online backlash for the second year in a row for its extravagant Christmas service. Christmas show? I don't know what we're going to call it. We're not going to call it a mass, okay? After a TikTok showing the opulent performance setup went viral. TikToker and I give the, the name of the TikToker, posted footage from Prestonwood Baptist Church's The Gift of Christmas Show six days ago. So the name of the show is called The Gift of Christmas. The Gift of Christmas. We need to find out what it costs to get into The Gift of Christmas Show. If you find that out before this broadcast is over and you're listening to me on Spreaker, please jump into the chat and give me the prices, okay? Because I want to know how much they charged. Because to me, that that begins to say something to me, all right? And, and you'll, you'll see how I'll use that in this, all right? But I've got to move forward because, you know, I have to be at church tonight. So I've got to get this done. We can come back and talk about it later. But here we go. So a TikToker. Posted footage from Prestonwood Baptist Church's The Gift of Christmas show six days ago. The clip shows drummers with full body. Uh, okay, here we go. Someone is already helping me out. I greatly appreciate that. Someone said a Daily Mail article says it cost attendance between 19 and $69. It doesn't say how much the total event cost. So you had to pay between 20 to $70 to get inside a church's sanctuary for a Christmas celebration. Now, just let that sink in. Just let that sink in. Hey, we want to celebrate Jesus. We want to celebrate the birth of Christ. And we want you to come to Preston Wood Church to celebrate with us. But please bring your debit card because it's only going to cost you between $20 to $70 to get in. Hey, come on, come on. We want to celebrate. Now, I mean, at this point, why didn't, I don't know, why didn't Mary and Joseph charge money for people to say, hey, we've got baby Jesus here. Come on down for, you know, for three goats and a cow. You can, you can, you can see baby Jesus. Come on in for, for they, they could have raised some money. No, they, people brought, if the wise men brought gifts to Jesus. They didn't have to pay to see Jesus in a sense that they brought gifts willingly. So in other words, if people got in and wanted to give to support the opulent performance, okay, but they weren't charged. Right? So already I'm I'm having issues, but here we go. Let's read this again. So a TikToker posted footage from Prestonwood Baptist Church, the gift of Christmas show six days ago. 
The, the clip shows drummers with full body LED outfits soaring through the sky, attached to cables, moving up and down suspension tracks attached to the church's ceiling. Dozen of dancers dressed in bright red outfits performed a tightly choreographed routine, while dozens more musicians and singers blast music from a stage adorned with neon lights and puffing smoke machines. When you're new to Texas and didn't realize just how hard Texas megachurches go at Christmas time, the caption reads, As a Friday evening, the clip has pulled in 1.2 million likes and nearly 33,000 comments. Many comments focused on the church's tax-exempt status and questioned church's leadership use of money. Now, I've said this before. I'm going to say this again. I think the tax-exempt status for churches, in many cases, needs to be really looked at by the United States government. And I think some of, the, some of these churches are, I, I, they may be doing something what would be maybe considered legal, but I think it's questionable from a moral standpoint, because here's what these churches do. They're like, we are a ministry. We're all about Jesus. Oh, you want to get married in our sanctuary? That'll be $600. Hey, you want to hold a special meeting? Oh, that'll be $500. Oh, you're, you're a Christian musician and you want to have a concert in our town? Well, you can use our sanctuary. It will only cost you $800. That's a business. You're renting out your property as a business. You should be taxed. Oh, 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 oh. We're a ministry, but we're going to put on a performance. Oh, 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 oh. It's going to be 20 bucks to get in. It's going to be $70 to get in. That's a business. That's not a ministry. You should be taxed. That's ridiculous. Having people pay money to get inside a sanctuary. I don't care if it's for preaching. I don't care if it's for music. I don't care what it's for. If your church pay, charges people to get in, look, I don't care. I don't care how popular you are or a preacher. I don't care. I think the whole, the conference industrial complex is a sham. It's a joke. People are going to stand behind a pulpit and preach and people paid 30, 40, 50, 60, 100, $300 to get into that sanctuary to hear the word of God preach. That's ridiculous. And I cannot believe that Christians support that tolerate it or even think it's okay you turn the church into a business should be taxed to death is what you should be so obviously many they look at this whole thing and they're like oh but they're tax exempt look i don't know how many if people pay twenty dollars a piece to get in that place is packed i don't know how many thousands of people uh can attend a service at Prestwood, Prest, uh, how's it, the name of the actual church? Yeah, Pr Prestonwood uh, Baptist Church. It's a Baptist church. Um, I don't know how many people that can sit in there, but at $20 a pop, this, they made some serious, put it this way, they brought in some serious money. And I don't know how many times they ran the performance. All right, but I would love to know how much they pulled in. How, I would love to know, but they're probably not going to report that, are they? No, probably not. All right, so... um. 
So many focused on the t- church's tax-exempt status and questioned church leadership's use of money. No taxes, just vibes, one user com- commented, drawing nearly 93,000 likes and over 400 replies. They are so genuine with how they spend their money, another commented sarcastically uh, said, earning more than 12,000 likes. Yeah, this doesn't feel right, man, wrote a third. So, of course... This kind of stuff goes viral, and then the world looks at it, and they're scratching their head like, what is this? What is this? What is this? And for me, what I know, it's, I don't think it is. I don't think it's the worship of the incarnation of the eternal Son of God. I don't think it is of the virgin birth. I don't think it's about Christmas. I think it turns it into a spectacle, and it turns into a business, and you charge money to get in. I'm not even at this point going to worry about the regulative and normative principle. I forget regulative and normative. When you charge people to get inside your building, that's not a ministry. That's a business. That's not a church. It's a business. Now, asking for an offering, saying, hey, You see this spectacle that you came to see? Thank you so much for being here. We want to minister to you. Freely we have received, so freely we give. And hopefully you enjoy it. Now, it cost us $65,000 to put this on this year. And if you would like to give a donation, please do so. Now, I got no problem with that. They continue. The Plano Megachurch... The Plano Megachurch's Christmas show drew attention and backlash online last year when a clip of the flying drummers went viral on TikTok. Users scrutinizing and debating leaders' use of funds and the church's tax-exempt status also dominated the comment section uh, in last year's uh, viral clip. In a statement sent to the San Antonio Express News, Prestonwood Baptist defended its over-the-top holiday tradition. The gift of Christmas is a ticketed Christian production not a church service, and a long-beloved Christian tradition established by the many hundreds of thousands in our community and surrounding states who have attended it for more than 25 years. Okay, it's not a church service. Thank you for clarifying that. You are holding it inside your church. (laughs) So what you could have done is you could have taken your big production and rented out some type of music hall or an arena or whatever venues are available in your city in Plano, Texas. I don't live too far from Plano. I probably could find you some, uh, some you know, venues in that local area that you could have rented out, ha- charged people money, had your big spectacle, and then you remove it from the church. The church is putting it on, but it's not happening in the church property. The church building is not being used. It's not in the sanctuary. And then you can say, we're putting on this production. Now, you could ask yourself, Why would you want to put on a production as a Christian church that costs hundreds of thousands of dollars possibly to put on and then charge people to get in to supposedly celebrate Christmas? Is that leading people to worship Jesus? And what does that do? And now you could ask that question. What, what do, what do we, do we want the world to see a spectacle or do we want to invite the world to come and hear the story of the incarnation and the virgin birth? Who Christ was why he came, why he died. Maybe they got that message through in the spectacle, but obviously nobody knows what, everyone focuses on the spectacle. When your spectacle so blinds people to whatever actually takes place during the event, well, then I think that tells you your spectacle has gone wrong 
Because when the spectacle becomes the story and not Christ, then I don't know if your Christmas spectacle is really doing its job. I mean, that's at least, a, I think, a worthy criticism. Um, it says here, so it's a beloved Christmas tradition. It's uh, celebrated by many hundreds of thousands in our community. It's been going on for 25 years. Prestonwood Baptist Church is not ashamed to pull out all the stops and the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ during the Christmas season, church official said. So once again, we're celebrating the birth of Christ and we're celebrating it and we're celebrating it with you for the low, low cost of, you know, you know between 19 and $69, right? See, that, that's the part that I can't stand. At Prestonwood, here's a statement. We believe Jesus deserves our absolute best, especially during Christmas. It's unfortunate that the uh, uh, perennial American tradition of the church Christmas program now draws criticism. We pray they too may come to know the joy of Christmas and the love of our Savior. Yes, those are criticizing. It's so sad. We pray they come to know the love of Jesus. I mean, we, we so care about them coming to know the love of Jesus. We only charge $20 to get in to celebrate it. See, it's so contradictory. Man, we're just so sad that people would, would criticize us. We just want them to come to know the love of Jesus. Now, buy a ticket. Prestonwood Baptist Church is one of the largest megachurches in the U.S. And as a member of the Southern Baptist Convention, Dr. Jack Graham, Prestonwood's longtime lead pastor. Now, I when I first moved to Texas, just for full transparency, when I first moved to Texas, there was a independent Baptist church. And we ended up at that church. And the main reason we ended up at this church is because it had a Sunday school, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, and Sunday night. And I'm like, okay, all, none of the other churches did. They, they, they didn't have a Sunday night or their Wednesday night was a joke or whatever. And so I like, I, look, I need spiritual food. So at least this church had services, but it became ob- obvious that there was something happening in the church, right? And I remember meeting with the pastor like almost I don't know, like the first day and I saw his bookshelf. And so whenever I, I, I meet a pastor in their office, I almost ignore the pastor. I'm looking at the books. And I'm like, oh, you have Rick Warren, Purpose Driven Church. That's interesting. He's like, oh yeah, you know the book? I'm like, yeah, I know the book. Well, it only took me about, about a week or two of attending going, this, he's, he's taking the church right there. This church is not going to be an independent fundamental Baptist church much longer. Well, all of a sudden God calls him to go to Florida. Now I get call, I get a phone call to come preach at my church now in Ovalo. So I go preach, become the pastor there. And well, that church is no longer, um, no longer an independent fundamental Baptist church. It's now kind of an evangelical non-denominational church. I think it's called South Point. Um, and yeah, it's, it's nothing like what it was because, well, it got moved away. But during that time, Dr. Jack Graham came and preached at the church. So I've been, I, I was a member of a church where Dr. Jack Graham came to preach. So I at least have some connection here with him. Um, he was a den of, uh, and of course, well, I'm not going to get into this because they've got some information about Dr. Jack Graham, what he's been accused of about. And, and I'm not going to get into all of that because that takes away from what I want to talk about. I don't want to get into what he did, didn't do. That that deserves a podcast on its own. I don't want to get into that right now. I don't want to because I want to keep this in the Christmas, about Christmas. All right. Now, I have to get ready so I can go to church. But I just want you to think about all of this. And I, I would love to get your thoughts and opinions. You can email me. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. What would you use? What would be your justification to 
What would be your reasoning to justify what this church did? And what would be your reasoning to condemn what the church did? Now, to me, it comes down to a regulative normative principle issue. Now, if you're going to condemn that church for what they did, are you condemning it just because it's so big and extravagant, costs so much money, and they charge people to get in? Or are you condemning it? And and, and if you're going to condemn it for that, make sure your your church doesn't charge people to get in for anything. If if it has, you cannot condemn them for that. Are you condemning it just because it's this huge spectacle and you're like, that's not what Christmas is about? Well, what kind of things are you going to be doing? What, what, what that, I don't know, is that what Christmas is about? Are you going to be canceling services? Is that what Christmas is about? Now, you may have to cancel services. Trust me, I know that when you're, when you're a small, small church and, you know, three people go out of town, <laughs> that wipes out 90% of your congregation. Okay, I, under, I understand. Okay, I understand. But some of these churches, you, you, could lose, you could lose 50 people and you'd still have 25, 30, 40, 50 people. Well, you have plenty to have a church service. So I don't know. Should Christ be worshipped at Christmas or any other time of year? in a more simple, scriptural, biblical way, or in a way that's more extravagant, more spectacle than worship? Or can worship translate to spectacle? Can you make spectacle a worship? Can you, can you make spectacle worship? Can you? There's a lot of questions there. I place it before you. Love to get your thoughts. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. I'm going to say goodbye for now. I'll be back on the air at around 6 p.m. Central Time from Victory Baptist Church, from the pulpit of Victory Baptist Church, as we continue our topical study of rejoicing and rejoice. And we're literally walking through an actual and real-time a real time in real time topical study which which uh, which caused me to stumble this morning because we had a reference in first samuel and i was like oh oh hannah hannah yes she's rejoicing and she's rejoicing uh, and she's rejoicing when she still hasn't gotten what she and yeah and then i had the whole chronology messed up that's what happens when you're doing it in real time but that's okay we're doing it in real time so that's what we'll be doing We'll be using a Sunday evening to do a real-time topical study of a very biblical concept of rejoicing. Now, that doesn't make us more spiritual than anybody else. Some would prefer the spectacle. So I don't know. Does it really matter? You tell me. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a wonderful evening, and we'll be back on the air at 6 p.m. Central Time. God bless.